Well, welcome everybody. If we've never met before, my name is Adam and I'm the pastor here at Sanctuary. As of like over a month, it's been old, you know, I've been around for a while. Uh, no big deal. Uh, man, I'm so good. Uh, so glad to see you today. You know, these, uh, these past few weeks, we've been talking about who we want to be as a sanctuary community. What kind of culture we want to create in this new season of our ministry. And a few weeks ago, uh, many of you guys were here, and we talked about this reality that we live in one of the most isolating and lonely places in the country. And people are desperate to belong somewhere. And we want this community to be one of the most radically welcoming places that there, are, that there is. We want people to find a place to belong here. And then last week, we talked about this idea uh, that even if we look like it from the outside, uh, nobody has it all together in our community. From uh, the deepest part of us, we are broken and we are train wrecks without God. And so we want this community to be full of humility and authenticity. And we want to climb down the ladder and cl follow Jesus in that. And tonight I am uh, probably more excited than I've been in a long time for a sermon. And this is going to be the final thing, the final value that we want to insert into our community. And it's simply this. We want to believe to the deepest part of who we are that with God, anything is possible. We want to actually believe that. We get this idea uh, from a story that comes in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, there's a, a father who brings his son to, to Jesus. In Mark 9, 22, he says this, If you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Jesus says, if you can, anything is possible for the one who believes. And so the simple question tonight we want to wrestle with is can a community like ours, in the middle of a logical, rational, intelligent place like Silicon Valley, can a community like ours believe that, that anything is actually possible? Do we still believe that? So quick personal question. Um, if I were to ask you guys, what is the most impossible thing about living in the Bay Area? What would you say out loud? Okay, yeah, that's an easy one, right? Cost of living is impossible here. Uh, what'd you say? Traffic, that's still, that's letter B, way below cost of living, right? I think. Uh, this past week, I was interviewing uh, a candidate for our church, and he lives in Texas, and he, okay, yep, uh, Texas people here, and he said, <laughs> he was like, well, how do you guys deal, like, with the cost of living? I looked on Zillow, and it's crazy. He's like, do you guys ever talk about that? <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, only every day of my life. Is this the same for you? Like, I go to the gym, and I talk to somebody that costs a living. I go to the grocery store. My neighbors, everybody at church, I talk about it at least once a day. The cost of living is impossible here. Uh, when we first uh, talked about moving to the Bay Area, we felt called to come here and do ministry. We really did. Uh, but then we were in Oklahoma, and we got on Zillow, we got on Craigslist, and we started looking at the house costs, like the rent cost. And every now and then, you'd see one, you'd see like a Craigslist ad, and you'd be like, oh, that's in our budget right there. And then you like click on it, and it's like, oh, that's a one-room basement in someone else's house. <laughs> and you have to like 
take care of their diabetic cat at the same time. That's why it's in our budget. It felt so impossible. It really did. And at one point, we felt so called to this area. We didn't really make an ultimatum with God by any means, but we just said, God, if you are really calling us here, man, we're going to trust that you're going to help us out. And so we actually, uh, we, we accepted the job to come to the Bay Area before we had a place to live. And so we came to the Bay, and we were, went house hunting, you know, we're looking around, and man, it was so depressing. And we ended up meeting a realtor in the church, and he, he was like, I think I've got a place for you. I know this place. It's not on the market yet. It's fr- they're friends of mine, uh, so let's go look at it. Uh, the thing was, it was really nice, but it was out of our budget. And so we just told him, you know, there's no way. And so I'll, I'll never forget, we were in the parking lot of our Mountain View campus, and my wife and I are in the rental car, and we're just frustrated. We're like, God, we feel called here, but this is just impossible. And at right about that time, I'll never forget, I got a, a text message from this realtor, and he just told me, he said, hey, I was able to talk the landlord to going down into your budget, and at the time, she wasn't allowing dogs, and she was going to let us have dogs. And it, it felt, it sounds silly if you're not from the Bay Area, but in that moment, we both started tearing up because it felt like a miracle. Like we followed this step to come here, and God had provided for us. So my question for you tonight is, what are you walking into this room with that seems impossible, that you've begun to lose hope? Maybe for you, it's this idea that you will actually ever get free from this addiction. Maybe it starts to seem impossible that you uh, will ever be free from anxiety that you'll be able to get out of your deep depression. Maybe for some of you tonight, it just start, it's starting to feel impossible that you'll ever have a real deep friendship or that you'll meet someone, that you'll find meaningful work like a calling. We all bring these things in our lives that feel impossible. Or maybe you have uh, a dream for our community that's starting to seem impossible that people in the Bay Area can actually come to know Jesus and follow him, that we can actually see a supernatural move of God here in Silicon Valley. It seems impossible. Now, uh, one of my favorite definitions of the word impossible, I just love it. Uh, I love words, and I love this play of words. Uh, One of the definitions of impossible is this, outside of the bounds of possibility. It's outside of the bounds of possibility. And so I, th- I sort of see things in images, and so I sort of see, see it like this, okay? Pardon whatever you're going to see up here, because it's not good drawing, okay? <laughs> That's a circle-ish. Um, so this is like bounds, okay? Boundaries, barriers, and inside these bounds and barriers, uh, we have what I would call the land of the possible. And here, uh, we got things that are probable, that are likely, that are rational. Like, uh, if one of you gets, gets like really excited about a great sermon tonight, and you jump up and you say amen, uh, the, I doubt that will happen. But if it happened, amen. okay, thanks. <laughs> wasn't, I wasn't fishing for that at all. <laughs> We're pretty sure uh, it's pretty possible, it's probable 
that the law of gravity will keep you from flying to the roof, right? But gravity is something that we're, we're pretty sure with. Uh, man, Bay Area has been super gray and rainy lately, but uh, man, the sun coming up the next day, that's just super probable. Uh, for you sports people, Golden, State's, Golden State Warriors, pretty probable to win the championship again this year, right? Uh, Valentine's Day was on Thursday. If you have a significant other and you forgot to get them a card or flowers or acknowledge Valentine's Day, probably don't have a significant other anymore, right? <laughs> That's probable. That's likely. See, in here, in here is uh, where we live most of our life. This is just the normal, ordinary life. Like, uh, I, I, if, if I do a job, I'll probably get paid, and I probably use that payment to buy things, and then eventually I'll be able to retire, and then I'll die. <laughs> this is just sort of the normal way we live, live life, the probable. Now, what I'm excited about is outside of these bounds, outside of these boundaries, is what I would call the land of the impossible. This is the improbable, irrational, unlikely, the place where you uh, easily lose hope in. Uh, again, a sports reference, I'm a big Chicago Cubs fan. I think I've told you guys that before. Uh, the Cubs had not won a World Series for over 100 years. Many Cubs fans had been born and died and never saw the Cubs win the World Series. Uh, super impossible. It started feeling very improbable. And about two and a half years ago, my son was born, and I was in the hospital holding my son, and uh, tears were coming down my eyes as I watched the Cubs do the impossible. <laughs> I just realized, literally, in this moment, that's the second story already I've told where I'm, uh, tears are flowing out my eyes. So do that, do that with what you will. Okay. Uh, impossible. Man, uh, so this is like the land where miracles happen, right? This is the land where healings happen. The stuff that uh, is improbable, unlikely. This, this is the place uh, where dreamers live and risk takers outside of the bounds. Man, I would say my wife, Lori, uh, uh, about a year ago, we had a Christmas card, and my buddy, he said uh, he and his wife looked at our Christmas card, and his wife looked at him and was like, how did Adam ever get Lori? <laughs> it was like impossible that I'd ever land a girl like my wife. Uh, some of you guys, I just want to encourage you tonight, the impossible can happen for you. You can meet somebody like that. Uh, tonight, we want to talk about this idea of going past the bounds into the realm of impossible. And that's really hard for us, right? I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to think outside of the bounds of the normal. And, you know, I think part of the reason is we just live in an ordinary, like a rational life, especially here in Silicon Valley. We live in a, a world where A plus B equals C. It's just an ordinary, normal kind of world, right? Right? Just for a second, I want to talk about how ordinary and rational our world is, okay? So I call this part of the sermon... Let's talk about our boring, ordinary world, okay? So first, uh, let's start with some animals. Did you know there's an animal called the northern leopard frog, and it digests its food with its eyeballs. It retracts its eyeballs and sticks it down its body and helps it digest its food. 
just ordinary stuff or what rational stuff. Did you know that birds have magnets in their brains that help them go to north and south and know when to migrate? That's just normal stuff, right? Just ordinary stuff. Do you know mosquitoes have 47 teeth? <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, a cockroach can live a week without its head. Yeah. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? You're welcome. Okay. So now us, human beings, right? We're super ordinary, regular humans. Uh, did you know each one of us has over 100,000 miles of blood vessels in our body? <laughs> if you were to stretch it out, it would cover the entire earth two times. Just normal stuff, ordinary stuff. Uh, each one of us has enough fat to make seven bars of soap. <laughs> Just ordinary stuff. Welcome to church, everybody. Uh, I don't know about you after Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm pretty sure I can make more than seven bars of soap, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, did you know humans, we can't breathe and swallow at the same time? That was not that weird. I just wanted to see if any of you guys tried to do that at the same time. I've tried. It's impossible. You can't do it. Uh, we shed, uh, this is weird, 600,000 particles of skin every hour. So this is a disgusting place to be in right now, right? And then finally, we will all produce enough saliva in our lifetime to fill two swimming pools. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Uh, so that's sort of zooming in, but let's zoom out. Let's zoom out a little bit. I want to show you a picture of the Milky Way galaxy. Let's look at a picture of this, shall we? It's beautiful, right? So pretty. Uh, this is our personal galaxy that we live in, the Milky Way galaxy. And it's so huge that if we counted each one of the stars that made up the Milky Way galaxy, one per second, it would take 2,500 years to count all of the stars. It's massive. It's over 100,000 light years across. I still don't know what a light year really is, but I know it's huge. It's massive. Quick bonus scripture. Uh, the prophet Isaiah says this about God. He says, lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. It's amazing. God created each one of these stars. This is the Milky Way galaxy. Let's zoom out a little bit to see the scale of the Milky Way again. Now, you're probably thinking, yeah, that's probably us in the center. This is our galaxy. We're Earth, America. We're right in the middle, right? No, we're not even the center of our own galaxy. Uh, you see the arrow there, the sun our sun, that seems so powerful and big, is just one of the billions of stars in the Milky Way galaxy. So this galaxy that we see is so huge, massive, is just one galaxy. NASA, uh, the latest research last year, uh, has researched and found out that there are over two trillion galaxies in our universe. Just let that sink in for a minute. This Milky Way galaxy that's so big that we can't even fathom is one of two trillion galaxies. 
just stay with me here. I'm actually making a point. It's, it's, uh, we're going somewhere here. One more picture. Uh, this is, uh, maybe you guys have seen this picture before. It's commonly called the pale blue dot. So in the 90s, the Voyager probe, uh, when it was 3 billion miles away, took a picture and uh, turned around and took a picture, and that's actually Earth right there, that little dot. And there's this amazing quote by this guy named Carl Sagan. Uh, he says this, he says, look again at that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who has ever lived, uh, who's ever lived out their lives, every young couple in love, every mother and father, hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. So I'm sure you're thinking right now, I'm really glad I came to church to hear these weird facts about animals and humans and see the solar system. It's great. Here's the point. Here's what I want to get across tonight, guys. If we step back a little bit, here's the reality of our existence. It's all a miracle. It's all impossible. It's all improbable. Right now, you and I are on the earth and we're spinning on earth at a thousand miles per hour. And we're flying through the space. And we don't think that's weird at all. It's all a miracle. When we had our first uh, kid, our daughter, Hadley, I was standing uh, beside my wife in this hospital room. And I see this baby come out. And she looks me in the eye, and I look at her. And I realized I was on holy and sacred ground because this was a miracle. I had flashbacks to meeting my wife in college, and we got to see nothing turn into something. And then earlier this week, my daughter said to me, will you be my Valentine? <laughs> it's all a miracle. We go through life thinking all these rational things, A plus B equals C. It's all a miracle. It's all improbable. It's all impossible. And I wonder if maybe... The God who created all of this is a little bigger than we sometimes think of. I wonder if maybe our circle of possibility is so small, and it's simply our inability to grasp the grandness, the vastness, and the holiness of a God. A God that has no bounds a God whose power is limitless, a God who has power greater than two trillion galaxies. I think a lot of times we limit what God can do because we don't see how big he actually is. So I want to spend some moments reveling in the greatness of God. When we look through scripture, we see his power and his might. We start off, we see that God has the power to create everything from nothing. In Genesis 1.1, we see that God created the heavens and the earth. There was a big bang, and God was the big banger. 
He flung the stars into the, yeah, you're welcome, thanks, okay. <laughs> Some of you were a little late to that one. Uh, he flung the stars into the sky, and he called each one by name. And this two trillion galaxy, uh, the grandness of God, he still knows each hair on your head. It's amazing. God has the power to stop the unstoppable. We look in the book of Daniel, and we see he stopped the lions from eating uh, Daniel. <laughs> we see he stopped the walls of Jericho from standing. He stopped Goliath. He stopped a storm with a single word, and he made the sun sit still in the sky. This God has the power to guide the misguided. In Exodus, uh, he led the, Israel, the Israelites uh, by pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. He whispered to Samuel. He spoke through a thunder on a mountain called Sinai. He led a guy named Saul to become Paul. He led David to Goliath. This God has the power to redirect the mistaken. Uh, he redirected Jonah by having him swallowed by a whale. He redirected Esther by giving her courage to save a nation. He gave Joseph humility. He gave Moses eloquence. And he gave Solomon wisdom. Scott also has the power to humble the mighty. Uh, he humbled Pharaoh to let his people go. And then this verse I have to read to you, uh, humbling the mighty. This is in Acts 12. It says this, Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down, and he was eaten by worms and died. <laughs> and a lot of you are thinking, man, I feel like some of our politicians could read some of these uh, verses. Our God has the power to humble what the earth seems as mighty. Our God has the power to speak through any means. He spoke through the burning bush, uh, handwriting on the wall. He spoke through the writers of the Bible. At one point, he spoke through a donkey named Balaam. <laughs> and, then, and then Jesus came. And Jesus he had the power to provide. He had the power to heal, the power to forgive, and eventually the power to defeat death. And then Jesus said to his disciples, he says this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And then maybe in the biggest miracle of all, the church began. And the disciples continued what Jesus had started. The rich became generous. The poor became loved. There was no needy among them. Ethnic barriers were broken. The sick got healed. Sinners repented. There was a revolution of love and justice and hope that changed the world and continues to this day. And now tonight, I want to ask you the question, do you believe that it could be our turn? Do you believe that this power was just something that happens in the Bible, or do you believe that this God can do the same thing with us? Do you believe this can happen in our little community here in Silicon Valley? I want to ask you a question. Do you want to dream with me? 
Do you want to join me in praying for something big to happen here? Do you want to join me in hoping that this two trillion galaxy power that God has can move in us? I've shared this with you guys before, but that's why I'm here. I moved to the Bay Area because I believed God was going to do something here, the most unchurched area in the country. That's why I'm here with you at Sanctuary tonight, because I believe that God wants to do something in and through us. So my question is, do you want to join me in that? So a few things. Uh, When we're crossing this boundary, what makes it so hard? Why is it so hard to go from the comfortable, the normal, the possible, and cross over? It's probably a lot of things, but I think it comes down to fear. Oh, that's not how you spell that. Uh, Fear and a lack of faith or trust. Fear, uh, so many of us, it's so hard to cross over because we fear failure. What if my dreams don't come through? What if I fail? Or we fear uh, being let down. And if I pray for something, if I believe in something and it doesn't happen, I'm afraid of being let down. Or maybe many of us are afraid of how we will look to others. If we're the kind of people that believe in miracles or believe in the uh, extraordinary, how will we look to, uh, to others? If we're ever going to be a community that experiences impossible things, we have to have courage. Throughout the Bible, we see over 300 times the words fear not or do not fear. Crossing these boundaries is going to take courageous people. The other one is uh, faith and trust. And so many in this room, I I think, would say on paper, yeah, we are Christians. We are followers of Jesus. And I'm saying this about myself. If you looked at the way we spent our money, we spent our time, the way we made decisions, I'm sure it would look like we actually put more of our trust in ourselves or in our world. And we have to be the kind of people that are willing to step out and trust that this God has something great for us. So I want to dig down to a few practical things before we close. Uh, What are the steps we can take to see this happen? What are some some practical steps? The first one is we have to pray. And and prayer is not, uh, you know, it's one of those answers where it's like, if you ask a question in church, the answer is Jesus, always. But if it's not Jesus, it's probably prayer, right? It's not a super uh, fun one always, but if we're going to see an impossible act of God in our own personal life or in this community, we have to become people of prayer. In college, when I was uh, helping to lead a student ministry, it was in a pretty uh, rough neighborhood in Oklahoma City. And over a period of three months in the summer, we saw this ministry triple in size. And we started seeing people from these rough uh, schools come to know Jesus and follow Jesus. It was just amazing to be a part of. And at one point, my mentor and I uh, were telling somebody about what had happened. And the guy was like, that's amazing. Like, what did you guys do differently? What did you change? And we were like, we started praying more. (laughs) That was all we did. We got super serious about every day spending time in deep 
intense prayer for our ministry. And we got to experience miracles uh, that we never would have seen before. We didn't change anything else. We just prayed more. I recently read about a church in Houston. Uh, right now, it's the fastest growing church in America. And they were going to plant their church in an elementary school in Houston, uh, but the elementary school didn't want them to use their facilities. And so the people that were going to plant this church just believed that God had called them to this area. And so they just started walking around the school and praying, sort of like the old Jericho days. <laughs> right. And I'm sure they looked weird. I'm sure uh, they, they caught the attention of people. But over time, the elementary school allowed them to use their facilities, and God has transformed that ministry. If we want to see God do amazing things, not just here, but in our personal lives, we have to carve out times to spend in prayer, begging God, asking God. So that's the main thing we have to do. Uh, for some of you guys, a practical next step is you've been looking to find a true community. You've been looking to find true friendship. And your next step is just going to be to take a risk. And it's hard to take a risk in a relationship because you might get rejected. It's hard to find the right group. But if you're coming here and you've come week after week and you can't find a small group, a life group, man, maybe it's just your time to take a risk and try to get in one. And now, another one I'm super passionate about is uh, maybe it's time for some of you guys to ask God how he can use you in uh, the Bay Area community. We have a partner with Generations United. I know some of you guys have worked with them. And uh, man, it's one of the coolest partnerships. They work with under-resourced kids uh, close to our area. And they are so open to doing whatever we want to do. Uh, the, the leader of that organization told me at one point, she was like, hey, if you got somebody who's a musician and wanna teach, wants to teach our kids like, how to play music, we'll do that. If you got a dancer, we'll do that. If you got somebody that just wants to cook food with our kids, we'll do that. She just wants people to come hang out uh, with her kids and to teach them and love on them. Uh, you know, Mark and I were talking this week. Uh, we're a pretty small staff for Sanctuary. In case you don't know the staff, it's Mark, myself, and Jeremy, the worship leader. And uh, man, we cannot uh, do much more than we're doing now. And so our desire is to empower you guys to do stuff whether it's serving with Generations United or coming up with things here in the community, we want to empower you to do that. We want to resource you how we can. But man, for some of you guys, it's going to be taking the step to do this. And we're about to uh, take a step in this together. But before we do that, I just want to say a quick word about uh, suffering and disappointment. See, a lot, of, a lot of church traditions, when you talk about things like faith and asking for the impossible, man, it can be so easy to start viewing God as Santa Claus. Man, if I ask God for anything and I believe enough, he will give it to me. And that's not what we're saying here tonight. Jesus himself uh, said, in this world, you will have troubles. The prophet Isaiah said of Jesus, he's a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Sometimes we pray for big things and it just doesn't happen. I told you guys last week we were praying for a lady in our cafe community for her son to get this miraculous heart surgery and it didn't happen. And sometimes uh, 
man, it brings attention in you. You're like, oh, Adam, you just said all this impossible stuff. How is that, how is that the case? And here's the hope. Here's the reality underneath that. Is our God, this two trillion galaxy big God, he's got a perspective that we will never understand. He's got a power that we'll never understand. And he's the God uh, of resurrection. He's the God uh, that resurrects us after life. So I just want to say a quick word about that. Like, you are going to have times of suffering. We don't want this community to be the kind of community uh, that has rose-colored glasses and thinks that if we ask God for anything, he's just always going to grant our requests. That's not the case. But we do want to be the kind of people that pray bold prayers that we believe that he can transform us in our community. That's the kind of person I want to be. So as we finish out, uh, this is what we're going to do. We have two different uh, like foam boards on each side of the room. They've got a big circle on them. Uh, thankfully, Mark drew those circles, so they're actually circles. So that's great. Good job, Mark. Uh, so we're going to go into a time of worship, and this is what I'm going to ask of you, is I am going to ask that you... Uh, would be bold enough to write a prayer on there. And an impossible prayer, uh, maybe it's in your personal life. Maybe it's something that you've been battling with and you have just started to lose hope in. Or maybe, maybe it's a prayer for our community, something you just want to see happen. You want to see a move of God in this area. We're going to spend some time worshiping, and I just want to invite you at any point, we've got Sharpies underneath uh, those posters, to just grab one and write out that prayer. And we'll continue to pray for these things boldly, asking God to do huge, huge things. So let me pray for us, and then you can take part in that. God, I know there are so many people walking into this room with different experiences, things in their own personal life that just seem impossible, seem like, seems like the hope has left. They've given up. Father, I pray that tonight you would help them see that with you, anything is possible. You are the God that has created each star. God who created the galaxies. Father, restore our faith in you. God, I pray that you would uh, help us to believe in big dreams. God, I pray that you would uh, help us to stop just playing church. God, that this would not just be a place to hang out and meet people. This would be a place to meet with the God of the universe. Finally, I pray for our area, the Bay Area. God, there are so many people that are in desperate need for hope and faith. And God, I would pray a bold prayer that you would use this little community here. God, that we would see things that we would remember for the rest of our lives, that we would experience your power like we've never seen it before. God, show us how to risk. Show us how to believe. Show us how to persevere. God, 
would you implant in us your spirit of power? And just like the early church, could we see your kingdom come to this earth? That's what we're praying for. That's what we're asking for, Jesus. So we give these prayers to you. We give these prayers to you, our Lord, our Savior, Jesus. Amen.